introduce you guys to our friends, Bradley Falk. What's going on, guys? Thank you. What's up, man? <laughs> How are you? Tell, tell us your guys' backstory. How'd you guys meet? How'd you start playing music together? Uh, me and AJ actually met when we were uh, kids. Probably, I think, 94, 95, we went to school together. And I think 2002 was when we first started our, uh, our first little punk, little Green Day cover band, essentially. <laughs> And so, Cam, you play, you're the lead singer, guitarist, right? Yeah, yeah, AJ plays the drums. It's pretty much been the same, the same get up now for, I don't know. I don't know how many years that is. I'm not good at math. 2002, what is that, like 15, 16 years or so? Okay. And you guys, you know, you just shift through genre. You said you started as punk, like uh, a Green Day band, and then you guys kind of like shifted and just kind of found yourself here and there. And and, and how, how did you land on punk rock or how did you shift from there? Uh. We did do, um, we actually started listening to Green Day together at Cameron's old house, which is literally right up the street from me. Um, we were listening from like all the old bands like i'm not even going to mention the names cameron you can fill that in well you got to think when we first started playing music in 2000 we were listening to bands like you know obviously the green day and metallica uh -huh. and pearl jam and all the great 90s music uh i think something just kind of struck with both of us when we kind of started hanging out and learning music together so it wasn't i mean we were both in band together so we were both kind of just learning everything together at the same time which i think made it a really cool experience especially as as kids like oh hey you know it's my best buddy we're gonna we're gonna learn all this stuff together we're gonna create some cool music and just have fun and we did we played some birthday parties and talent shows and battled <laughs> the bands there, there were shows to us they were cool so we, we've been doing this a, a good while, you know, I think we're just kind of still. Let's see, 2002. So <clears throat> Dookie, was the Dookie album your guys' favorite or were you like hopping in on the American Idiot? Oh, man. I think when we first started listening to Green Day, really, it was. different about that. Yeah, I, I when I first started listening to Green Day, me, um. I want to say it had to have been maybe the warning or the insomniac album that I kind of started. That was the only things that was out. I think I'm trying to think back about 2001, 2000 was when I very, I can remember actually listening to my first green day album. And I, I think then the only thing that was out was dookie, uh, -huh. uh insomniac and like warning or something, but. Three chords, we could do this, man. Come on. Yeah, I mean, essentially that was it. And to be honest, I started as a drummer. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I I did drums in middle school band and stuff. And I started our first band was called Proof of Purchase. Um, I started oh, wow. that. Yeah, it, it's kind of cool. Our logo was like a is an American flag, but it was like a, a barcode made into okay. American flags. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. So it's kind of like, oh, sorry. Um, so I started playing drums and singing 
And then my guitarist at the time had graduated high school. He was a few years older than everybody. And I couldn't find nobody. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't find nobody. So I was like, and I knew AJ was learning how to play the drums. And I was like, well, how hard could this be? Right. Green Day does it like they just play like three chords all the time. I'm just going to pick up the guitar and jam it out. I'll get AJ and I don't know. Here we are 16, 17, almost 20 years later. <laughs> so when we saw you guys, it was just both of you guys, just like us. You know, we, we couldn't uh, we can give you our backstory about that. But uh, so are you guys always been a duo or have you guys just brought in friends or we call them hired guns to, to kind of fill it out when you want to play bigger shows and stuff like that. But what do you guys do if you got called up today and to ask to play a show? Would you guys hire guys or just do a duo? we'd probably just do me and Cameron I mean we've we've had people in the past and they've done really really well and Cameron can tell more about that but we've tried and it for some reason it's just like a I guess it's a better fix for me and Cameron both kind of like the white stripes how it's like those two people yeah I agree with that I I think if we if we knew we had the time to maybe find somebody that we knew that played a certain kind of instrument, okay, let's see if they got the time to maybe learn a few things and bring them along. Like Nashville, for instance, we had, uh, we had a bass player. We met him, I think back in January, February, something like that. He jammed with us a few times and he was planning on coming to Nashville with us. And then something on his end with job fell through and stuff. So he was like, okay, well, let's wait. It's always been me and you anyway. So we'll just, uh, Got this. we'll just go. So, I mean, yeah. So it's just kind of one of those things. Like I said, we, we may find somebody, we may not. I think we've been kind of talking through the last couple of weeks about building the band per se. Like, Oh, should we find a guitar player? Should we find a bass player? And then it's kind of like, Oh, can't we just do samples and just keep it me and you. So Essentially, it's always been me and AJ. I think that's how it'll initially end in, in, the, in the long run down the road. So, Yeah, there's something to say. I mean, it, it, there's, there's pros and cons, obviously. But, I mean, I'll give you our quick story when we, we saw you guys. You know, first we had no, no idea what to expect, probably like everybody else who showed up. You know, when we, we're, we're getting sized up by people and there's just this pressure and then we we played, did our thing. And then as we're walking back around to go find our wives and find our seats and stuff like that, we just, we heard so much energy and the drums going wild. And we were like, just blown away by how much sound you guys were able to create out of a two piece. Uh-huh. We got, you know, we just wanted to hide because we were like, we did not do that well, you know what I mean? But no, you, guys you guys brought it, man. Like you guys were really able to capture uh, you know, almost kind of like a white stripes, you know, situation where you got just a drummer and a guitar player and it was powerful, man. So uh, mad prop, you got our attention out the gate. Yep. You're ready to go back to California. <laughs> and yeah, you can see cool. the, you can see the green day influences too. Like that was, <clears throat> that was one thing that I had noticed when I was sitting there. Um, I was sitting with my wife and man, these guys are like green day. And I, I believe is it pull the trigger. That's the name of that song that you guys were playing. One uh, of them, we had three. Mm-hmm. Cameron, did we do pull the trigger? No, I don't think. Maybe so. that's think... just the one that I've been listening to a lot. So, so that's oh. that's the one that's on uh, Spotify right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so I I, I personally <laughs> like that song. 
like that. Yes. Yeah. And um, see, that's and, the whole. Uh, didn't mean to interrupt. Um, oh, no, that's a whole going back to the whole. Um, you know, finding your sound thing. I think we're still in that process after so many years of playing together. It's not me and AJ just had this conversation uh, like a couple weeks ago. I think we still talk about it every time we get together. It's kind of like, you know, should we kind of try and get away from this punk thing a little bit? We've been doing it for so long and it's not that I'm sick of it or anything. It's just, let's really try. And we've, we've not really thought outside the box too much, which is just something that's, kind of stuck with us all these years so that's just what we've what we've played and what we've written that just happens to come out like that so i mean and pull the trigger was one of those songs we were actually listening to some different music like the hives and uh billy joe from green day sideband actually called long shot he's uh it's really different and um so i was like well let's it's still punk but let's try and do something a little bit kind of different with it and then, you know, along came Sing to You, the new single we released. And that's that's a lot different, I think, than, than what oh, we've I love that. lately. Yeah, so. yeah. I think you guys did a great job on that one. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank I was actually, uh, I'm sorry, go for it. Oh, oh my bad. Uh, since y'all were talking about Green Day, we actually had a show with a band called 117. This was like another I one. I still of have our- that case, too. It's over here. Do you really? Yeah. So we're playing a show, right? And Cameron's string broke. He didn't have a backup. So the lead singer, which they've, they had a song that was popular back on like mainstream Christian market called MySpace. Um, But yeah, yeah. (laughs) So they, they had another song come on. I can't, I cannot remember the name of that song. Cameron had a sparkling pink guitar. He came up and Cameron and he said, you guys sound like the Christian version of Green Day. So when we heard that, we were like, okay, well, maybe we should continue doing the Green Day style, but like, instead of just doing punk, kind of like rock it up a little bit. So that's how Pull the Trigger, me and Cameron were talking. Like Cameron said, we were listening to the Hives and, you know, Billy Joe and, things like that and i told him i said what can we do to make our sound not sound like green day but sound like something more alternative and he's like because when we were in proof of purchase we did the punk thing but we did the pop punk so there was a different kind of genre with that and we got out of the pop punk stage and then went straight into punk and um me and cameron cameron had the song pull the trigger for so long cameron how long has it been since you were trying to find a title for that song if i remember correctly looking at my computer i i actually initially recorded all the music was pretty much ready to go by we released it this year right yeah yeah i think i had it i had it written in january of last year okay but i shelved it I shelved yeah. it. I, I mean, I, I, I had the music uh, for it. I, I, we had, we'd started kind of playing around with some stuff and I had, I got bored. So I wanted to kind of put it down so I didn't forget it. And then I kind of came up with that cool little, the, the intro riff for the dinner, and I just kept getting into it and then put the bass down, put the drum down. And then before I knew it, I had the song down. I sent it to AJ. And I was like, Oh, check this out. 
but then I just got stuck with it lyrically and musically. I just couldn't figure out what to do with it for, for months, obviously a year. <laughs> so before, you know, towards the end of the year, I think I started kind of putting something to it and I was like, wow, this, but the weird thing about it is me and Cameron, like we were listening to green day and I said, what if we wrote something like bang, bang from green day? And then all of a sudden, like two weeks later, Cameron calls me and he said, I got the name of the song. And I'm like, what's that? He said, pull the trigger instead of bang, bang. So it actually nice. worked out. That's yeah, kind of cool. I mean, you, you, you still stuck to your roots, but you, you made your own version of it. So uh, have you guys always been playing Christian music and interjected that into your style? Or is that a new thing that, you know, you guys have integrated into your music over the more recent years? We've always initially, um, when we very first started, Bradley Falls was called Sonic Praise. Um, hmm. So we started as a like a pop punk Christian thing. Um, I've actually got some. Maybe maybe you can add this into your podcast. I've got. Uh, we did like a four or five song EP back in two thousand and nine when we first started. Um, I'll send you a few of those old songs it's yeah, uh, a little cheap recording we did on aj's dad's <laughs> computer a little i think it was a little focus right interface and it was um thing cameron remember it was that little guitar interface yeah the, yeah the thing so i mean it, it it's not the best quality but it's just to give you an idea of where we started as a band i mean initially sonic praise was formed in i think late 2009 so yeah we always had the plan of of doing the christian thing and then i think it started slowly dipping into mainstream a little bit we still wanted to keep like the positive influence to it um but now it's just kind of more you know what let's let's just be more a little bit more forward with it you know so i yeah i, th I think initially we've always wanted to push uh the christian aspect in the music, whether it's straight up contemporary, whether it be a metal song we happen to release, uh, you know, I, I think a Christian song. I've heard your Christian song. I yeah. think that there, you know, I mean, because of that, me and Travis are working on a Christian album. I mean, uh, the 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 Christmas album right Christmas now because song. of that. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh yeah, uh huh, yeah yeah. We heard you guys' Christmas song. I showed nice. it to my kids, and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> there's a funny story about that there's a funny story behind that cameron you want to tell the funny story oh uh, it's too late now it, it got said you got to say the story now man what what so story? called me one night and he goes aj uh what do you think about and this was like i was in a bad state at the time after out and everything cameron goes AJ, what do you think about doing a Christmas song? And it was back in like October. And I told him, I said, Cameron, it's too early to talk about Christmas right now. He said, I'm going to release it. And I'm like, what song? He said, just, just wait. And I said, okay. He said, just wait. It's going to be, it's going to be sick. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> so I'm, I'm on Spotify one day. And he texted me and he said, uh, hey, man, I'm going to release this song. And I said, okay. He said, got to do a little bit of like looking back and like paying 
you know how it is like you had to pay royalties and things like that yeah yeah. um and he said but i think it's gonna work out and so one day i'm just driving and i had my spotify just playing and all i hear is ting 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 and i'm like the world is that i look down (laughs) and it said bradley falls i was like oh so i thought i thought he was joking i thought it was you know uh the uh the ho 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 the santa part at the beginning of it that's actually me <laughs> it's actually Cameron. <laughs> yeah yeah hey, i stood in the booth and was like ho 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 and then i did a little like pitch shifter thing in my studio and got like this really deep little sound and i was like oh that's so perfect there it is yeah. <laughs> walmart starts playing christmas music in july so october <laughs> it's almost too late yeah. i was thinking about putting out some stuff this year but i don't know it's it's November. I'd have to really get off my butt to start actually recording some stuff. So we'll mark your calendar. We'll see what happens. Richard and I in turtlenecks drinking, you know, eggnog by the fire. Maybe I'll I'll come out with the Christmas album. (laughs) I'll come out with it and uh, I'll release it in February. Oh, there we go. (laughs) There you go. Oh, man. In my household, it's Christmas all year round, man. My kids are watching Home Alone and, you know, the whole nine yards. So it's all good. So let's talk a little bit about like the business side of it. Cause I think that's like probably the, well, for some, maybe the not so fun aspect of being in a band and, you know, Richard and I have been in lots of various bands and some other bands together. And it seems like that's the part where people start falling off and don't really, you know, they want to play, they want to be on stage and they want, you know, the glory and, you know, the, the fun aspect of it. But like when it comes down to like the marketing and the social media and, you know, booking, all that stuff. Like, how do you guys divide up those duties and and what's your guys' process for all that? Well, Cameron is better as far as, like, the money management part goes. Uh, Cameron handles the money management. He handles, you know, we, we have our own, like, lights and we do our own production ourselves. But you know, for shows, usually what it used to be was I was like calling venues, trying to get places to play. But since COVID, it's been really, really complicated. You know, Cameron and I have been sitting, sitting down talking for months and months. Hey, where can we go play? You know, after Nashville, we sat down with uh, the Cypher Downs management uh, guy, Ryan, and Ryan told us, he's like, you've got to go regionally. You've got to stay regional because of COVID. And, uh, you know, here in the county, like, there's bars everywhere. You know, churches are not really opening the doors to having, like, concerts and stuff like that here in the county. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, you know, we, Cameron and I talked, and I told him, I said, well, you know, what What if we played this little venue called copper penny it's a restaurant slash bar and he said okay check it out i checked it out but the way we're having to do things is like as you guys know you can't play for free it's it's real i mean you can but like there might be five or ten people at that show that come in for free but you know we played when we played with 117 um, our friend, we call him Gerb. Um, he was our manager at the time. And I told him, I was like, Hey, do you guys need an opener? And he's like, 
actually, you guys would fit perfectly. Well, that venue shut down, and he moved to another place. He stayed open for what, Cameron? Two years, maybe? Yeah, it was like maybe three. Maybe three. Yeah. And then, you know, he wasn't getting any business, so he had to shut the doors. I mean, he had touring acts all over. But, you know, there is a – there's this new amphitheater called Pavilion on Park Square or Pops. But you have to pay, like – so much money just to be able to play there and then they give you tickets and then you have to you have to sell so many tickets and you know that's the hardest part for me for me or for me coming from my point because you know you you had to think okay we got lights we got sound but we have to sell our merch we have to do this we have to do that we have to you know make flyers and post them everywhere like we used to do as kids um but as far as booking shows right now with covid it's just it's seems like it's impossible to even do right it seems like when we first started um it was a little easier i Mm -hmm. think our luck happened to just we we knew a few more people uh when we first started, like, uh, he was saying, there's a club here called the ultimate basement. And, um, we knew the owner pretty well. I'd actually played there with a previous band a couple times as well. And, um, he helped us out, kind of managed us for a short time, got us, got us in the door to a few places. Um, for us now, um, it's a lot harder to stay a little busier. I mean, regardless of COVID, but before that hit anyway, it started kind of getting, a little bit more difficult and like aj said we both kind of have our roles aj's uh, a lot better at dealing with people uh i i'm not as as bad as that sounds i've worked at a grocery store i don't i don't like talking to people i'm not good at booking shows so i kind of let other people you have that um <laughs> you now gotta be, you gotta be persistent you know and, and be willing yeah, to take it's a like lot I, of notes I can be, yeah. but I'm also a people pleaser. So if right. somebody's like, ah, no, man, we don't like you. It's like, oh, well, yeah. it. You know, uh, you. what can I do? Uh, so it's, yeah. I, I let him handle that. I'm, I seem to be a lot better at doing like, like, you know, the promotional kind of things, social media. I make a lot of videos and I, I do my best with editing. He's really yeah, good mean, at art. I, it's easier said than done. It's also easier, I think, these days to to do it yourself. I mean, there's there's bigger industry people out there that's also kind of said themselves, hey, you know, do it yourself. You've got the time and you know the the know-how. For any for any upcoming artist, I think instead of trying to focus on the bigger pictures for for years, and it, it this kind of goes into something me and AJ have been talking about for a couple of weeks. We've been trying to talk about maybe stepping back a little bit and, you know, doing it for the wrong reasons kind of thing. But it's like, take a step back and instead of focusing on, you know, the bigger picture, like, oh, we want to be big rock stars. We're going to, we're going to shoot the stars and we're going to bug record companies like crazy. You know, I, I think essentially in the long haul, we've, point is, I think we've made a lot cooler success, our standards, I guess you could say of success on our own with it that I'm pretty satisfied with. I feel like if 
you know, you, you have the right handle on things and you kind of make connections with the right people. So I, I, I like the idea of this podcast of, of trying to help other artists out. I didn't have that really growing up. And it seems like, especially in a small town where we're from, for some reason, it seems to be all about competition. I don't like that. Somebody's always got to be better than somebody else. Somebody's always got to be, you know, a, a, a better singer. Oh, I've got to win this battle. The bands above these guys, you know, for me, it's never been about that. You know, I think if we all kind of did shows together or, you know, help market each other out, and pro, you know, promote each other, uh, it's, it would make a world of difference. Yeah. And, sure. and my camera saying about that, you know, we were sitting down and had a cup of coffee with uh, one of my good friends too. Uh, Cameron met him, I think for the first time, he's the guitarist for new song. Uh, and they're the host for winter jam and stuff. Um, we were trying to get on the bill with winter jam this year. And, uh, you know, Rico told me, told us, he said, you know, you guys have marketed as much as you could possibly do. He said, just keep marketing yourself. And, uh, you know, Rico has been playing with new song for, I don't know, 15, 16 years, uh, started out in a little jazz band sitting on the uh, side of LA, just playing on the, in a bar on the sidewalk or whatever. And I talked to him a few days ago cause he, uh, he just got done playing with, uh, I think it was Rebecca St. James and like, uh, Peter Furler from Newsboys and stuff like that. And he was telling me on the bus, he said, I'm sitting on the bus. He, the hardest thing, even as a big time band is trying to sell your product, trying to sell your market, trying to brand yourself and get yourself out there. Because he told me, he said, you know, a lot of these record labels are losing their artists because number one, they don't have the money to pay the artists for recording. So the artists are now having to pretty much fend for themselves. Like, you know, both, all of us are. Um, and the good thing about like Cameron doing all the marketing, Cameron's a wizard when it comes to freaking programming and just all this recording stuff. Me, I have no idea how that works. I'm just like, okay, I'll just go in and play drums. I can relate but, to that. But, like, when you go and you're actually performing, at the end of the day, like, the hardest part is, like Rico said, selling your product. Like, you know, okay, well, we have to have this much money in order to make it back home. You know, as a touring artist, touring artists have a harder time. And before Cameron and I actually – during I went into the army from 2013 to 17 and uh while I was in the army I had the opportunity to play with uh I can't remember their name they were on face down records pretty popular band riding in a little van or whatever they built bunks in and like Cameron said it's mostly marketing now but these guys that were on the road they were starving they had no money. They had no food. And, uh, you know, I just got off the phone a few weeks ago with Spoken, the lead, sing or the lead singer from Spoken. And he actually told me, he said, you know, 
you as an artist you have to think more than just selling your product selling yourself selling your music playing shows you got to think about wear and tear on your vehicle is are you going to be able to make it to the next town can you afford to have a day off if you can't then play that play a show that night instead of taking a day off because it all comes back to your county it's it's like a big huge circle like what um i guess his name was randy something the cipher down was saying he's like you know you you've got to stay in a circle but when that circle gets big you've got to make sure that you have the money to get back to where you started from and that that's why i say that cameron's better with the money management and marketing and all the social media stuff like i'll share the stuff and say hey guys listen to this you know, and we can, I can do that over and over and over, but Cameron, I don't know what it is. He has more followers because like during my time in the army, you know, he kept Bradley Falls going, but did his, he did a solo project too. So he gained a lot of more followers that way. And a lot of bands are actually doing that now. I don't know if you've got, if you guys have seen that, but like some bands are like, stepping out and creating different bands so they can brand themselves to where they can make more money to be able to do what they're called to do yeah that's interesting one of the things you're re- that resonated with me cameron your mention is you know kind of like you know our expectation versus where we should really be i was talking to a guy at church yesterday <clears throat> and i i think all of us as christians can relate it's like we may have this vision of, you know, like, especially when you're young, like, I'm going to, I'm going to hit this peak in this mountain. I'm kind of, I'm climbing it. Right. And once I get there, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be satisfied. But, but God's got this other plan for you, which is down here or ministering to this group of people or, or, or whatever it is. Right. But our, sometimes our eyes are fixed on a fixated on a prize that's like was never intended for you anyways. Not to say we shouldn't be doing what we're working on doing, but it's, it's constantly making sure that our intentions, our motivations, our eyes are fixated on things that really matter, you know? And that's something I know, like for us, we've always valued like family first, right? You know, can we take our kids where we're going to play? The music we write, can our our grandparents and our parents, can they listen to it, right? Are they going to be proud of what we do? Can we show up on Sunday at church and, and still be welcomed in and not, you know, uh we're praying for you you know what i mean things like that you know but that comes with age and time i I don't know about you guys but you know oftentimes we'll have to put ourselves in check and be like is our intentions is our heart in the right place uh and if it is it's amazing how things just work out right well see when when we were in i'm sorry cameron when we were in nashville you know cameron and i we were we didn't call ourselves a Christian band. We called ourselves just, you know, we, we called ourselves Christians, but the band was not Christian. And I called him one night and I said, Hey man, you know, what do you think about going and doing Christian music again? And I said, we don't have to, you know, that's the personal choice. If you're down for it, I'm, I'm good with it. You know, I want to do that. But like you said, with the intentions, you know, I told Cameron, I said, you know, we have not wrote a song that was vulgar or anything else like that, but, you know, we were trying to hit mainstream 
and trying to be more of a positive influence. And, you know, when Cameron wrote, pull the trigger, if you actually listen closely, it's, it's more faith filled than anything. Um, Cameron, what do you think? Yeah, no, I essentially it, it, it does kind of have the, the background story of um, not being a, a puppet and kind of, you know, because I'm weird when it comes to explaining songs. Uh, the lyrics in the chorus, I think, is uh, find your gear, better hammer down, get far from here, and don't turn around. Don't blame yourself. Pull, point the finger now. Essentially, all that you know is meaning it's 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 a story. It's just not. A, don't be a puppet, and you know don't don't let your guard down on things. And going going back to um, what you were saying on the expectation things. Essentially, if you take that concept and put it into into your music, as far as uh, your expectations of where your band should be and you talked about does my music uh can my grandma listen to it at the same time can i play that same song to a group of kids at the same time can i play that same song you know to a group of people my age and everybody respond in the same kind of way looking at it as a marketing aspect that's the things that you would want to look at as a as a band whether you're starting out or for us, we've been doing this for almost 20 years and we're still kind of getting to the point of, like I said, and, and like AJ said, you know, we essentially we started as a Christian man, kind of slowly shifted into mainstream, but yet still positive. And now we're going back down and taking a step back saying, you know what, we're just going to do this for fun. We're going to get back to our roots a little bit. Let's just kind of, you know, sing about some stuff that matters, maybe think outside the box a little bit. So, I mean, essentially for any band uh, looking at it from from that aspect thinking about okay well is my music going to whether it's positive influence or not whether you're secular or christian I, uh, if you want to market yourself good you those are those are things that that's good to look at is don't set your expectations uh to a certain kind of standard it's always good to no matter what always go outside the box Yet again, going back to me and AJ being punk for so long, we're just now kind of being like, all right, um, <laughs> let's kind of dabble out of this. So long, should we, yeah, we, should we teach so, I mean, genre? <laughs> and yeah, God, um, it always seems to work out way better. And essentially, when the Bible says to seek ye first kingdom of God, then all these things will, you know, come to you. I mean, essentially, that goes for anything in life. I mean, if you, if you get your affairs in order, you get plans going, you get all of your stuff worked out and, and, and organized before it all happens and kind of go with, you know, the way you feel things need to go or the way you feel God wants you to go with things. I've, I've found that stuff always works out way better. And going back to the story of we played two, three shows nights. Sometimes we would leave, uh, one night we left from Polk County, played a show, uh, North Carolina, drove, I think it was like an hour, an hour, <laughs> a little over an hour to the we next town, like two towns over and played another show for a church there um, and then left there, did something else somewhere, 
but they and had Green, like this cooking Cameron. thing. Yeah, and then uh, we Greenville. went to that church and drove like two hours to Greenville, South Carolina. Played a lock in. Yeah, that didn't start until twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. So they wanted us to stay and play at like two o'clock in the morning. We've already played two shows in that same night, but it's just like you know the uh, the first show wasn't kind of it was its own thing. the the second the the two second shows were kind of a, a whole big Christian deal. One of them was at a church. The other one was kind of a church it was an old movie theater that they turned into some you know concert venues for the church and um those shows turned out really amazing and not that the first one didn't it just didn't have that feeling of like well i mean it was a good show but uh could have gone better kind of thing you know what i'm saying so oh, yeah. yeah yeah so i mean but the the other two shows at night no matter we were dead tired but the feeling we got after you know, teaching people for one about God and the music was for one itself a, a, a good feeling, but just the whole vibe in general of those two shows were, were cool that night. So it didn't matter how tired I was in the end. Like I still wanted to go home and be like, whew, all right, I guess I'm staying up for another hour or two. But, um, <laughs> the sun's about to come up. We might as well watch <laughs> the sunrise. I mean, <laughs> we stayed busy when we first started. And like I said, I think it, we got lucky on finding a couple of people that were willing to trust uh, trust us a little bit and we trusted them a little bit people that really believed in us and I think essentially that's what everybody needs is people that actually believe in you and you know to have somebody say that they believe in you and kind of invest a little bit in you no matter how hard it can get like Nashville you know if you're if you're a band you got to think about this too you know there's going to be times where you sleep in a car member Cameron <laughs> my yeah, grandmother yeah, first night, <laughs> oh, first night we slept in the car because we were supposed to stay in a house there's like one of ted's friends four other bands yeah it's like one of oh, ted's friends best. yeah and, yeah and dish it, uh, <laughs> that other band that white noise audio whatever they keep posting up stuff about the tour um i guess we stayed out late that first night to go kind of hang around Nashville, look around and walk around a little bit. And I guess nobody just realized that we were coming except the owners. So the last people that came in ended up locking the door behind them. Oh, so God. we show up at like two o'clock in the morning, locked out and I'm knocking. I don't think they think that I knocked, but I did. AJ like watched me walk to the door. I was like, hello. He went. It's like, <laughs> I mean, kind of, it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to go to somebody's door. But Hey, you know, let me in. <laughs> I should have though. Yeah, I should have. That would have been really fun to watch. But the point is with that is it ended up still being a really great weekend for us. I mean, re regardless of that and everything, we ended up getting the hotel, you know, the next couple nights, but we still laugh about it because it's like, ah, oh, you know, road life. What do you do? You sleeping in cars and going to play shows. As, and yeah. essentially that's what makes it really, really fun. Yeah, we say all the time, um, rock and roll is a tough sport. Like that's our like model, right? <laughs> right. Like, rock and roll is a tough. We got plenty of those, man. Where it just, oh, yeah. well, not really, not really like me. Fortunately, in our band, it usually always happens to try something bad. And then <laughs> you know, but I, I, my so my son, he just turned nine, and you know, he's at that age where what is he, what is he into? What is he not into? And I always tell him, I'm like, you know, you can play sports and that's fun. And, you know, there's a limited window 
where you can like be good at a sport right and but music is one of those things that like the relationships and the stories i mean we're going to be laughing about being locked out of hotel rooms for the rest you know what i mean like forever you know and and hopefully we have so many more of those situations that it just it makes all the bad so much worth it you know what i mean oh yeah so this is this is a good segue so i think so here's our last topic um for the night i think um if you guys wouldn't mind give us give us a good story here like what was the worst gig that you guys played i mean we all have them i mean we we've we packed the house, had them leave because I was playing. I, I the whole band's playing on this, and I capoed to the third fret. We weren't in the same deal. Everybody left. I mean, we cleared it out. I mean, everybody. Everyone's like, stop, stop, just quit, just quit. But the train was rolling, and you know how it is when the train's rolling. You kind of yeah. just, you just go with it. <laughs> what, what can you guys tell it? Like, what I, you got a story like that? What's your worst gig you did? I think the worst gig we ever done, but it turned out to be the best gig. I know that's bad. That's like a double negative there was the night with 117 because Cameron got so upset when he broke that string. Cause he's like, Oh, <sighs> not only did I keep breaking the string, like mind you, I usually bring two or three guitars to all the shows just in case Oh yeah. that yeah. night, that night, why didn't I bring another guitar or a third guitar with me? I have no idea. Maybe my confidence level on not breaking strings is really high. I don't know. But I done broke a string about a and song or two. Song. <laughs> we we done went through rehearsal, sound check, used the same guitar, everything, practiced with it for weeks, man. Nothing. About a song or two in, snap. So I waited one second. It took me like literally a minute. Changed the string on it. Played another song or two in, snap. What is going on here? On, huh? AJ, I mean, <laughs> the funny thing was, is AJ just kept playing. I don't even think he knew where he was because there was no guitar. Awesome. Yeah. Was no, yeah. He's like, I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> I ended up coming right back in where I picked up off at on beat. Yeah. So we just, I mean, it's just one of those moments like AJ, I mean, poor dude. I, I he couldn't, there was nothing that he was going along to. Just but I kept playing, you, you know. This. Just keep filling smiling. Up, Just yeah, keep I mean, <laughs> filling okay, up the okay. sound, I guess. It. Y'all see my hair right now? See how like short it is? My hair was like up here, and I was wearing like yeah, a AJ, hairband. AJ had longer hair. I had longer hair, but uh, <laughs> I was sitting here like head banging, getting into it, and all of a sudden I didn't hear nothing, and I look at Cameron, and I'm like, he goes, "Keep going, keep <laughs> going," and like the international solo. Every but, dead uh, spot. That's all AJ did. He just kept the beat going. Yeah. But it, I mean, it ended up working out. Like you said, I mean, in the end, I, I feel like the reason it was the best show is just because, um, so 117, the lead singer ended up, uh, coming up to me and was like, Hey man, here's this guitar. Use it, uh, during your set. So you can quit playing strings. This is a good guitar. It's not gonna break a string on you. Play the whole set. Which was the night we got signed too. Yeah. Uh, to a little independent, little yeah. company and uh it was this pink sparkly daisy rock guitar yes. uh, yeah and uh actually i'm gonna see if you can see this i've yeah, got to pull send us a photo up. and I'll, I'll i'll put it up i'll send it to you but i'll see if you can kind of see it on uh, oh that's real nice that's pretty yeah. right there it's oh like yeah pink I, I looked at cameron he turned but, around um, at me and he goes 
car. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> that's so you go, girl. You got the it. end of the show came, and but the, the singer come up to me, and he was like, uh, "Hey, man, you know that guitar you used on stage?" And I was like, "Yeah, that pink one. I liked it. It's pretty cool, man." He's like, "You liked it, huh?" He's like, "Well, uh, you can have it." And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "Nah, man. I'm endorsed by him, and honestly, it's taking up a lot of space in the trailer. It's just one less thing I got to worry about." He's like, take this, man. Like, I feel like you can get a better use out of it than me. Wow. I was just like so happy. Like, oh, this yeah. is so awesome. Like, so I played the crap out of that pink sparkly guitar. Wow. He lives an hour away. But Cameron, is that the only bad show we've actually not? Not the only bad show. Like, the worst show for me and Cameron was playing at that movie theater because we literally our bass player just he quit the band that yeah, he, he left he got mad over a uh, a song issue i took a certain song off of our set list that night well how dare you yeah i know <laughs> I, it's just like we didn't hire you for your opinion <laughs> well it was just, just play the bass okay i was feeling out the mood you know what i'm saying and it was it was kind of a church deal anyway and it wasn't that that song was bad per se or anything like that just the vibe of the song in general. I, yeah. I wasn't feeling it with the rest. And yeah. it just so happened that he got so mad because it was a, a little bass riffy for him. And it was he took his solo number. Come on, yeah, man. well. I'd say probably about 50% of our shows, midway through, I'll look at Richard and be like, can we just pull this song? And he's like, nope, we are. <laughs> and it always hits. But I'm just like, I don't want to play Wagon Wheel one more time. I cannot handle wagon wheel every time it hits and it's I'm like you, it's, you know everyone's sitting it's all quiet and then they're all up dancing having a great time and i'm like dang it and i just give them a <laughs> just told you <laughs> i feel like i'm always changing my set list i i always make a set list always i try my best to stick with it nine times out of ten it's always changing either something's getting cut out a couple of things are getting cut out maybe nothing's getting cut out and 10 more things are getting added. It just always kind of depends on the situation. I'm, I'm a mood kind of person. I mean, if I'm, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it, but yeah. So from us to y'all, what is y'all's worst show that y'all have ever done? Ooh, you want to take this Richard? <laughs> I think that was it, man. Um, we, we were in a spot where, uh, we were playing cruise by Florida Georgia line and it's regularly on capo two and, uh, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Just yeah, tell your we, version and I'll tell my version. Yeah. 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 And, uh, we had practiced it on capo three because like my vocal range just sounded a little bit better there. And then when we showed up, uh, I just decided in the moment that we should probably just play it how it was originally recorded, but I didn't tell anybody. Uh, okay, the figured, truth is coming out. So this I think they were just, <laughs> I just, really like, I mean, they made me this front man. Don't you just follow the front man? I mean, come on, guys, get with this thinking program here, right? I so yeah. I put hey, it. It's on okay, buddy. I'm, I'm just a drummer. Yeah, that's what I say. Look, the drummer was in key with me perfectly. It was just the bass and the lead guitarist that wasn't. They missed the memo. Yeah. And, uh, Did he send the drums to Capo Three? 
he was tuned and he sounded good man and you know what this is one of the shows where we were in a bar and there was a good amount of people there like it, it was oh. pretty good and then we started this show and like my wife's in the back and his wife's in the back and they're like <laughs> and we just kept going and like by the end of the song every person in that bar left and we were like <laughs> what happened and like they all just looked at me and they were like I'm like, oh, what, what, guys? I thought we were playing on Capo 2, man. Right. Luckily, luckily there was a wedding across the street, and it had just got out. So, like, all those people left, and, like, the next song, a whole group of people came back in, and we were just like, whoo, all right, you ready for Wagon Wheel? And we just <laughs> the, the best part of that, though, is that that night we were playing off of sales. So we were going to get a percentage oh, of whatever yeah. alcohol sales. So I am always the money guy that has to go uh -huh. like now shake down the bartender to get, you know, 20 bucks or whatever they're going to give us. And I'm like, hey, so how we do tonight? And he's like, I'm sorry, bud, but you got nothing tonight. Wow. <laughs> you guys are going home empty handed. He's like, we'll give you a beer. <laughs> like, it was a good show after uh, Cruz got over. <laughs> wow. My dog has been sitting up here this whole time. Oh, nice. Should have played that same song again in the in the better key with the new group of people. Yeah. We never no. played it again. Like that got pulled out of the set. Never. To this oh, wow. day, we have never played that song again. Oh, wow. <laughs> we we play an annual show or it's been annual up here where in our we have this little town square. I don't know if you've seen any of the videos, but uh it draws a lot of people. Like uh there's a lot, lot of it it's fun because it's, it's free and it's a family event and stuff like that and the first year well we played one time in like the little gazebo and it was family and friends and then so we told the uh the lady who was managing the booking at the time we said hey we're going to the whiskey down in la but it's a pay to play and like can you know could we do like a show to and promote and make a little money and this is like when we first got started and she's like well there's a great tribute band that you guys can open for and they always get a great draw so naively we're like yeah let's do it well we had crews in the lineup that night and we all just look at each other we're like nope cut it cut it <laughs> move on <laughs> so we now, will I never seen um y'all's videos and pictures and stuff i have seen that you guys played whiskey a go-go there now y'all are so lucky i've I, always I think, um, i think i could probably ask maybe the same kind of questions to you guys because I've seen some pictures and videos. You guys seem like you pull in some pretty decent crowds. I mean, how long essentially has chasing anthems, you know, been a band for, and, and for you guys, how is it, you know, for playing whiskey, a go-go and places like that and drawing a big crowd, you know, how easy is it? And what is, what is your guys' process? Because that's something for us even as well, uh, that I think is an area we struggle with is, is, uh, you know, a following and trying to promote on that aspect. So, but see, you guys, I guess I'm interested, you know, what, what's your process on, you know, how persistent, I guess, are, are you guys on? I think it's them. It, it's really demographics, man. Like, so for a lot of it's luck timing, um, population. So like we live in a town that's like 2,500, actually, I think it's like 4,000 people now. So there's nothing here. What we've done is we've traveled to these different places and we've really like just rolled the dice like, hey, you know, I mean, we, we pulled it and we go, we go, we leave, we play these big shows other places and then we come home 
And then we try and pump it up right to the hometown crowd. Like, Hey, we went here and we went here and we went here. And then, so like our little crowd of people who love us, see us go do these things. And then they're like, Oh my gosh, these guys, these guys are huge. And in all reality, I think a lot of it, I mean, Travis could probably, you know, speak on it too, is, is like timing and luck. And then when we show up places, um, we show up as prepared as we can to try and captivate and retain the audience that's there. And then it kind of just goes from there really. Yeah. I think to add to that too is, um, is kind of knowing who the, the players are in your community or where you want to play. Right. So, uh, I can't think of their name. I know, you know, them, Richard, uh, there's another band, kind of a folky band, uh, oh. that are nearby. Do you remember their name? Brother strong. Brother Strong, Brother Strong, and then the Risky Biscuits. Risky Biscuits. So that that was one that we could see they were getting a lot of shows. So what we did, I just started following them, and I was like, oh, they're playing this show in that location. And so, you know, we were like, that's kind of the lane we need to go down as far as booking other gigs. So we played at uh, what's the brewery again? We played at oh Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Have you guys heard of Lagunitas beer? They have a phenomenal like outdoor eating area. It's all ages and they bring in bands and it's such a busy environment. It's just a nonstop, you know, four or 500 people the entire time. And then when they leave, another group comes and it was just four hours of fun, but he was finding other bands that are successful and they're kind of at that same level you are and trying to leverage what they're doing to get exposed to that group. And that, that was kind of an idea with this too, is like, you know, finding our peers and then helping them who now help us and, you know, learning your guys' you know, inside tips and vice versa. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hope this helps, you know, and that, that's the whole intent behind it. Um, I think we're running out of time, so, but we wanted to just thank you guys so much for connecting and I hope we can continue to do this and uh, we're going to play some shows. I know in the near future, we just need to make it happen so uh thank you guys so much for your time thank you so much we'll link all their info in the description below um thanks again for for coming hit the like the subscribe button catch all of us in the future videos we post and until then peace